first day of November was the gateway to our first snowfall. But now, the first full week of November has quieted down, or has it? Your backyard thermometer may tell you one story, but there is something called the K-index that is silently telling us that something big is happening. The proof is in the photos. Happy Monday. Let's get started today. On weather jazz. 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 Northern Geauga County. But as we all know, at this time of year, as much as it can snow, all of that will disappear because it's November. We'll see the temperature moderate. And indeed, that is what has happened. Well, before I get wrapped into all these details, welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything weather, science, earth science. And a whole lot more. I'm your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz Podcast, Andre Bordinger. I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. This is episode number 576 for Monday, November 6, the first Monday of the month of November, 2023. And also, before I dig into some of what I'm going to talk about today in Weather Jazz, let me also acknowledge a great email from one of my supporters, Christine Barnes, and she mentioned that she really enjoyed the Snow Fence episode. And in case you have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about, it is one episode prior to this one, episode number 500. And 75, just scroll down on weatherjazz.com until you get to that episode dealing with snow fences and the complexities of snow fences, etc. Christine said, thank you for explaining the signs and the details behind a snow fence. And she goes on by saying that her grandfather and father weren't too far off from some of what I uncovered in episode number 575. If you think a snow fence may help you out in the plowing process this winter, go check it out. It is always there, always free, and you can go scroll down at weatherjazz.com and see many, many archived episodes. All right, let's get back to the average so far for the month of November. Now, we almost have six days under our belt for the month of November thus far. For the first five days, and remember, we're only averaging five days worth. So if you have one that's really, really strangely, anomalously offbeat from normal, 
it's going to affect that five days without a doubt. That's what we had. November 1st, we were 12 degrees below normal. On the 2nd, we were almost as cold, 8 degrees below normal. But on the 3rd, 4th, and 5th, near normal, plus 4 on the 3rd, plus 1 on the 4th, and minus 1 on the 5th. So the average for the first five days, minus 3.5. And as you have heard me said at nauseum, that if you are outside a plus or minus 2 range for any month, you are really edging into anomalously warm or cold territory. Now, this is just five days. It's not a whole month, but we'll see where we end up. But obviously, the first couple of days of November took our breath away, and we did end up with 1.2 inches of snow at Hopkins Airport. So that's the season start for snowfall. We'll see where we end up. And we've talked a little bit about that with Scott. We think we'll be Pretty close to normal, maybe a little above if uh, the storm track is right going into January and February. And for those that missed that episode, just go down the archive. You'll see it where Scott Sable and I talk about the winter weather outlook. Okay, what I'd like to talk about today is the K index. Now, some of you know what this index is already. And you don't need an introduction to it. But some of you are scratching your heads going, what in the world is the K-index? Is it a meteorological index? And the answer is no, but it is tied to something that drives our weather, and that is the sun. You see, the K-index and its extension, the planetary K-index, those are used to characterize the magnitude of the geomagnetic storms associated with energy that comes from the sun. Now, the K-index is an excellent indicator of disturbances in the Earth's magnetic field and is used to decide whether or not geomagnetic alerts and warnings need to be issued for people who are affected by these disturbances. Now, the principal users of this kind of data would be people who work for the power companies, the electrical power grid folks, spacecraft operations, very, very important because they would be affected by very high energies from the sun. It's not filtered by the earth. And of course, the earth will react to these high energy solar burps, if you will, with all kinds of things, including, and we'll talk about this in just a moment, the Aurora Borealis, but also one other group of people very, very interested in the K-index, and that is ham radio operators. You see, radio signals, ham radio signals, that usually reflect off of or pass through the ionosphere will, in fact, be impacted by these solar storms. And as the solar storms come in and the K-indices increase, something happens to the ionosphere and the ham radio signals no longer bounce off of the ionosphere. You see, a ham radio operator, and as one of them myself, we use long waves to essentially bounce the signals off the ionosphere in order to get across the globe and to talk to somebody on the other side of our great big blue marble. But when these solar storms come by and the K indices go up, that essentially 
will strip the ionosphere of its ability to bounce signals. So the degradation of the ham radio signals really is noted, especially during these geomagnetic systems. Now, we had one over the weekend. Go take a look at weatherjazz.com, episode number 576. And I'll post a chart of the K-index Beginning this weekend, it starts on November 4th at 0Z or 0 Greenwich. That would roughly be at 8 p.m. on Tuesday of last week. You're going to see as we head into the weekend, two distinct bumps up. The first one was rather modest, but as modest as that storm was, you can see the yellow bar all by itself surrounded by green. It was still enough to cause the northern lights to be visible in places normally not seen. But that was not the strongest disturbance. And most of the astronomers were wondering if there was something bigger coming because they witnessed a CME off the sun, a coronal mass ejection. And the second one was pointed straight at Earth and was going to be hit. Typically, it takes about two days to arrive, plus or minus. And they wondered if that single blip up was were going to be it, or was that a precursor to something bigger? Well, the latter turned out to be true. You'll see the next wave of K indices, six, even seven at times, would indicate geomagnetic storming. And that sent the northern lights way down into southern latitudes, places like Flagstaff, Arizona, Missouri, uh, etc. Now, we did not see any northern lights here in Ohio because we were cloudy most of the night, both Saturday night and Sunday night. So even if there was a decent display, we would not have seen it because it was obscured by cloud cover. But if you go to weatherjazz.com, episode number 576, I'm going to post some pictures courtesy of spaceweather.com. By the way, they're a great website. If you want to keep track of anything astronomical, go check it out. It is just well done, and it's updated daily, has been for years. And they have allowed me to repost on weatherjazz.com some of the aurora pictures that have come into them. So if you want to see the complete collection, just go to spaceweather.com, and I'll try to remember to supply a link to spaceweather.com via weatherjazz.com, episode number 576. So that way you can go visit them and click on the Aurora Gallery. And in order uh, that they receive them, you're going to see pictures posted from all over the world of what the Aurora lately has been looking at and looking like. I'll post a few of them on weatherjazz.com this episode so you can see a sampling of them. But again, that's just the scratching the surface. If you want to see the whole thing, just go to spaceweather.com and check it out. Now, the K indices uh, basically have been settling back down into the settled territory. You will see that at the end of the chart. But just within the last few hours, it has bumped back up to unsettled, a yellow bar. Will that mean another surge tonight? Possibly However, these kinds of surges much more difficult to predict than even, say, 
a major synoptic weather scenario five to seven days out. I'd still rather do that than try to predict what the sun is going to do and then what sun's impact will have on our atmosphere because so much other comes into play when we're talking about the sun's contribution to both short-term and medium-term climate. Well, I hope you enjoyed this Monday edition of Weather Jazz. And please do help me to spread the word about this podcast on your social media page, your emails, or eyeball-to-eyeball conversations with people as you go through your day. Well, as you already know, the Reckoness Peninsula in southwest Iceland is really seeing a lot of renewed attention. It appears as though magma, the molten uh, lava, if you will, is on the move way down below the Earth's surface by about three or four kilometers. However, through satellite imagery, we can tell that lava is on the move in areas that really have not seen many uh, disruptions when it comes to volcanoes here in the last even 600 years. So it's entirely possible that we might be seeing an eruption again in the southwestern portion of Iceland, southwest of uh, the Reykjavik capital in the Reykjanes Peninsula. Go check it out on a map. And uh, you can certainly keep track of things on their website in English. Just go to V-E-D-U-R. And that's the Icelandic word for weather. Vedur.is. And while you're at it, you can click on the English logo and the whole website will get translated from Icelandic to English. Check it out. I'll spend a little more time and hopefully some new information will come out between now and then as they brace for a fourth potential eruption, this one much closer to something that they hope doesn't happen. But a lot of these earthquakes are taking place right near the Blue Lagoon, Blauwalundet. And uh, so they're obviously a little nervous about that one. So we'll have more information about that. And hopefully we'll get more information about that too on Wednesday. We'll catch you then right here on Weather Jazz. Weather and science across the globe. Jazz